All right. Good morning. Uh, this morning, uh, we'll have uh, a statement uh, on behalf of the family by the attorneys, and we'll do it uh, pretty much paragraph by paragraph in English and then in Chinese for the Chinese media. And then Long Gao Chang, the father, uh, will have a statement in Chinese that he will read in Chinese and Mr. Wong, Zidong Wong, to my left, uh, will uh, say it in English. Uh, then we'll be open for questions, but remember, the questions are directed to the family. Uh, you can ask them in English, and then uh, Wendy, will, who's a JSD student, Chao uh, Wei, you, uh, will translate them to the family, and the family will respond in Chinese, and uh, Wendy will uh, translate uh, for you. Um, I get Y U, and Chao Wei is X I A O W E I. How did I do? X-I-A-O-W-E-I. She's a JSD student at the University of Illinois College of Law who helped us throughout the trial. Um, I guess I would preface things by uh, saying something that I haven't seen, so I'm not sure that you're aware of it. But the, the criminal case involving Brent Christensen is over. Uh, no notice of appeal was filed. Um, that obviously there were, are strategic reasons that uh, one could guess or opine about, but that case is that case is over. Uh, so that man is uh, sentenced to life in prison for the rest of his life without uh, release. Um, so I'll, I'll begin our statement. Uh, following the recent criminal trial of convicted murderer Brent Christensen. Ying Ying Zhang's family and her boyfriend, Xiaolin Hu, and their attorneys met with prosecutors from the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Central District of Illinois on Thursday, July 25th, 2019. And at that meeting, sorry about that, at that meeting, Ying Ying's family and boyfriend were told the following information regarding what Christensen's attorneys said Christensen told them about what he did with Ying Ying's remains. 在凶杀案罪犯布伦特·克里斯东森最近的刑事审判之后，2019年7月25日，张颖的家人、他的男友侯肖林和他的律师与美国伊利诺伊州中部地区检察院办公室的检察官们会面。在这次会面中，莹
The Zhang family cannot vouch for the truth of the information, but discloses to you what they have to been told. Christensen's attorneys are aware of this statement and assert that the information provided by them to the prosecutors came from Christensen himself. Christensen has not spoken directly to any law enforcement agents. Beijing. 2018年11月克里斯登森的律师告诉检察官和其他调查人员 因为这条信息来自于豁免协议，在审判结束前，检察官不能向包括张莹莹的家人在内的任何人透露该信息。张莹莹的家人完全无法确认信息的真实性，只能现在披露他们被告知的内容。克里斯登森的律师知道这份声
was on Monday, July 12th, or June 12th, it says July, it should be June 12th, 2017. The contents of the dumpster were taken to a private landfill in the vicinity of Danville, Illinois. Before being placed in the private landfill, the contents of the dumpster were compacted at least twice. And due to the compaction process, Ying Ying's bodily remains may be very, very small in size. Zhang 私人垃圾填埋场前，相中物品被压缩了至少两次。由于压缩程序，莹莹身体残骸的体积可能变得非常非常小。The portion of the private landfill that was being actively used during that time period is perhaps half a football field in width. It was determined that by the time Christensen's attorneys disclosed his statements to the federal authorities, the contents of the dumpster that contained Ying Ying's remains would have covered at least 30, uh, been covered by at least 30 feet of fill uh, from later garbage hauling. It's evident that any attempt to recover Ying Ying's remains would be complicated and expensive, would require government oversight and the cooperation of the landfill owners, and have no certainty of success. To date, no search has been undertaken. But the Zhang family understands that the authorities are still considering an attempt to locate and recover Ying Ying's remains. Ying Ying's family wants to thank everyone who helped look for Ying Ying and who continue to offer help and support to the family. At this time, they think the most prudent thing to do is to allow the, the authorities to handle the situation and undertake the recovery of Ying Ying's remains if it is feasible. 这片私人垃圾填埋场中当时被使用的区域在面积上相当于半个足球场。任何找到莹莹遗骸的尝试都将是复杂且昂贵的。英的家人希望向所有帮助过寻找莹莹和继续提供一切可能帮助的人道谢。他们认为此时最慎重的做法是让当局处理这种情况，并在如果可行时启动搜寻莹莹遗骸的规划。So I want Father to come sit here.
Uh, if I can, if I can make it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. As you can see, we had to move things around to try to make this work. <coughs> and please note that the written statement had the wrong date. It said July. It should be June. It was Monday, June 12th. Second page. Second page. Zhang 遗体的说法如果其言所识以作为他残害隐隐的报应 As the father of Yingying Zhang, my primary goal has always been to find my daughter and bring her home. Recently, Eugene Miller told me and my family what the man convicted of murdering Yingying said about how he disposed of her body. If what that man said is true, it further confirms that he is a heartless and evil person. We condemn his brutal and malicious actions, and we hope that he suffers for the rest of his life as he made Ying Ying suffer in the final moments of her life. <laughs> Kenju 可能不可能也许不可能的但是只要他的遗骨被发现我们将我们将回来带他回家安息自己的家园我们 to thank everyone for helping to look for Yingying however Based on what I have been told by the authorities, we think the best thing to do now is to let them look into the feasibility of recovering Yingying's remains. There's nothing in the world that we want more than to find out to find our daughter and bring her home. We now understand that finding her may be impossible, but 
if Yin Ying's remains are ever found, we will return to take her home to China where she belongs. We we have decided to follow Chinese custom and create a, a gravesite here in America to honor Ying Ying's memory. We're working with the University of Illinois officials to do so. We hope it will be a solemn place of reflection to all who visit, a place to remember the joy Ying Ying brought to her family and to everyone she met during her life. Uh, for the first time this morning, um, Ying Ying's mother learned uh, the details of what happened to her. Um, she very much uh, wanted to be present uh, in this room with all of you, uh, and uh, it's a very difficult decision uh, for the family. Uh, throughout the trial, uh, both to protect her and um, solve the hurt that uh, she feels naturally, uh, the family had asked that uh, she be shielded from the details of what had happened to uh, her daughter. Um, but this morning, uh, she insisted that uh, she wanted to be present. And so, in private, uh, the family among themselves uh, discussed. And as you might imagine, she's very distraught. Uh, so I'm not certain that um, she will necessarily uh, answer, uh, be able to answer questions, but she, but she may. Uh, I know she wants to be here, and she very much wants to uh, participate. Um, and she may have to leave. Um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, we will uh, we'll take questions. Well, Mr. Beck, I got a question for you, I guess. Uh, you're a bit far from the microphones for this, but any, uh, as you approach the microphones, perhaps I can ask a question. Uh, any feelings about the uh, counsel? Obviously, they had to do the right thing by their client, but revealing this information at such a late stage, it seems to make it a virtual certainty that, that remains are unlikely to be recovered. So, any feelings about that late revelation from a legal point of view? Well, I have lots of feelings about it, I guess. And, and uh, Zia and I have talked about it a lot. Um, of course, what we, what we would have hoped would be um, that a defendant in uh, that guy's situation would, uh, out of a feeling of remorse and uh, for the benefit of the family, would have come forward as soon as possible. Uh, there are ways he could have done it. Um, we have in the federal system what's called a proffer agreement where a defendant can be protected against his own statements and 
enter into an agreement with the prosecution that they not be used against him, meet with investigators, give that information, and the family would have known right away. Uh, but instead, um, as those of you who are at the trial saw, that uh, uh, he initially contested his guilt. Uh, I think he contested his guilt all the way until he received discovery and learned of Terribolis. And once, once he learned of Terribolis, then the handwriting was on the wall, I guess I would say. So then it became, I think, a matter of uh, strategy. So let me tell you how we, what we were told about how the, the, the discussions were initiated. Uh, Eugene Miller uh, was at a, coffee, a local coffee shop, and he ran into Bob Tucker, who was the national counsel. And uh, I think perhaps from the defense perspective, it was it could be tactical, right? It could be tactical. Isn't there some way that we can reach an agreement that this can be a, a life sentence? Uh, but couched in terms of uh, we'd really like the family to know. Can't we figure out a way to get the information to you uh, about locating the remains? And uh, so, so then they talked to one another and they figured out this immunity strategy. And the, the immunity strategy was that instead of, instead of doing a proffer that most people, a defendant would, would do in those circumstances, the government, because the prosecution very much wanted to find out <coughs> about where the remains to see if they could be located for the benefit of the family. Um, and so the prosecution entered into this unusual arrangement of immunity where they would take the representations of defense counsel as opposed to the representations from the person himself. Uh, and, they, and they did that. Well, that put, unfortunately, you know, they got the information that they got and, and, and they checked out the information. The information was, was uh, not as helpful as one would hope simply because of the time that it was, it was given. Uh, and then look at the box that the prosecution is in. You know, do they go full bore into uh, investigating and locating the remains and have the defense uh, uh, say that something at trial uh, was derived from that and they couldn't use it uh, in the death penalty proceeding against the defendant. Uh, so they have to be very cautious. And then add on top of that the layer of federal regulation of landfills. And we are told that's a significant problem. You know, any opening of a landfill like this involves has hazardous materials, uh, uh, permit regulation, and, and, uh, and other problems. So I think the combination of that led the government to be very cautious with the information, so cautious that um, they didn't tell the family. And, uh, you know, the family understands and we accept that, um, that there were good reasons why the, why the government didn't do that. If, if I may, um, the timing of that discussion is also um, crucial. Um, in the spring of 2019, the defense filed another request to the Department of Justice asking for um, ask them to remove uh, the death De penalty trial. Deauthorization. Deauthorization. They made uh, another request. I, I, we believe this is uh, this discussion was part of their um, their technique with the prosecutors. They want to use this information, provide this, in, this information in the exchange, asking the prosecutors to agree to join their deauthorization request. And because of the information provided then could not in any way be verified or lead to the recovery of Ying Ying's remains, 
that request was denied. What, uh, I'm sorry, uh, what conversations, if any, have you had with local officials, law enforcement, about the feasibility of looking for all of our discussions have been with uh, the prosecution, with Mr. Miller, Mr. Nelson, and Mr. Ferreras. And so we have not discussed it with the agents. And so, you know, our, our information, of course, is, is, is filtered in that respect, but we have no reason to doubt that what they're telling us is accurate. So Aaron? Based, based on the information you have, uh, you note know that this came to light in November 2018 when Christensen's attorneys provided this to prosecutors. Are we to assume that that is when the FBI started looking into where the remains could have gone? Yes. At that point? Yes. I think they began immediately trying to see if it was feasible. And then they would have had to make a judgment. And, and you know, I guess that's one thing I would say. You know, now that this case is over, uh, I'm hoping that the Department of Justice will be open and explain all this to you. We certainly can't. Uh, we're just providing this information. I think. One of the concerns, and of course I'd been talking with Eugene Miller ever since July 25th and asking if this was the information the family had been told was going to be made public. And uh, he felt that because they were under this immunity agreement that they couldn't. And so ultimately we had to make a decision about whether or not we came forward. And one of the problems, as you've heard from the family, is that we have, there are so many good people out there that want to support this family, and they actually want to go out and they want to try to find her remains. So how can we keep this information private and not have it become public to, to, to give that information to everybody so that they can see that those kind of efforts probably are not uh, worthwhile? And also, you know, the family doesn't want people donating money, you know, to try to to find her remains in an impossible situation. And because the 30 feet that's noted in here would have been in November 2018, God knows what it is now. I have no idea. I don't know what the, I have no idea. I, I don't know what the landfill did after that. I mean, did they stop using that area? I don't know. I agree with uh, everything Steve just said, but also let's don't forget, um, we cannot trust uh, what the attorney said, Kristen said, was true. Christensen lied so many times. And what he told his attorneys, we do not believe his attorneys had any reason to lie to the prosecution's team. But then at the same time, no one can say for sure Christensen told his attorneys the truth. But when I read the or had the statement reviewed by Christensen's attorneys, they assert that it's true, and they they assert that it's exactly what he said. So I want to make sure. Look at the box that we're in. Mm. So just to be clear, the FBI nobody's looked for the body yet, but they did go to the landfill right. and make an assessment. Let me give you an example of what we were told. Um, one of the approaches to doing this, assuming you got all the permitting and it, and, and it was allowable, would be. Uh, to go in, go to the location that was in use at the time, and begin the process of excavating, but then you'd have to remove the material that you're excavating. Well, the thought was, well, move it to another portion of the landfill. We were told that the operator said, no, you can't do that. If you're going to do any excavation, you're going to have to remove it from the landfill. Well, that makes the process even more expensive. And so they just, they, ha they haven't been able to arrive at a process 
by which this excavation could be done. That's what we were told. Do you think you know exactly which landfill in particular, or could there be several? Well, I think there are a couple of landfills, and we did not we did not ask. We weren't going to do any follow up investigation. We ultimately concluded we were going to leave it to the authorities to do this. They assured us that they still that the process was still ongoing. Where do you believe these, the dumpsters that he used? Uh, which landfill they typically arrive at? Well, it's a landfill in Danville, Illinois. My understanding is there are two landfills in Vermilion County. So it's one of those two landfills. I don't know if this is in the information that you have, but I, I guess one of the questions that would be asked is, did the FBI not look in dumpsters in June of 2017? Oh, I think they did. I think they did. You know, but remember the FBI didn't come in until the 12th. They came in on the 12th. That dumpster was empty. And, and Christensen wasn't identified until Sunday evening when they, uh, well, they got the list, and then on Monday they interviewed him, and then on Wednesday morning found the defect in the tire. So then he really became a, a focus. So it was already gone. Do you know when that would have been cleaned out, that dumpster? Monday morning. Monday morning. The 12th. The 12th. Well, what factors will lead to, to help the family decide whether to go ahead with, with a search or not? Well, the, the family's in no position. Um, they're not going to tell anybody to do anything. Um, it's a, our understanding that those involved in the investigation want to do this, and we're relying on their goodwill, and they've shown it to the family all along. Do you know why they didn't file for an appeal? Um, I can speculate. So first of all, the appeal would have been on the grounds of jurisdiction. The federal court didn't have jurisdiction because the car wasn't an instrument of uh, interstate commerce that was used in the commission of the offense, and a cell phone wasn't an instrument of interstate commerce uh, used in the commission of the offense. Sounds like a law school question, doesn't it? I used to teach this course. I happen to believe that they are and that the courts would hold that they are. The defense lawyers, when I talk to them, say, that's a great issue, it really hasn't been decided. So let's assume, hypothetically, they went up on appeal to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, and the court agreed with them, and the conviction was reversed, and the cause was returned. I had always assumed that since he didn't get the death penalty, because I've seen state law on this, you couldn't get the death penalty again. But when I spoke with Liz Pollack, she told me, oh no, there, there's case law out there where he could face the death penalty again. So why would he do that? And the other thing, if they, if they win uh, on that federal ground, now he goes to state court where obviously he, he, the evidence is so overwhelming against him and he gets a life sentence in state court. And so he has to decide where should he be in prison, federal prison or state prison? What do you think? Do you know where he's going to be? I have no idea. What they said at the sentencing hearing was that many defendants in cases of this nature go to Tucson, Arizona. I don't know that that's true. Yes? Any, uh, any expected date uh, for the authority to find the remands? Any further action that we can know? Uh, I know of nothing that is uh, pending immediately. Uh, we have not. The information I've given you is the information that we have. Would the decision to go forward be made on a federal level or a local level or some combination? I think it would be a combination. This is a coordinated investigation. 
Um, as we said, uh, the evidence at the trial regarding the coordination between the U of I and the FBI was just remarkable. I mean, they worked, they did work together as a team very well, and I would assume they would continue to do that. But obviously, it's very expensive, too. Do you have questions for the family? Where does the family go from now? What are, what are their plans? so our plan is to find in find Yin and take her home. And if that can't be accomplished, when might they return? So, sorry? If that can't be accomplished, okay. do they plan to go home in the meantime? Uh, when we find it, we will leave. Do they, do they plan to stay here in Illinois until some determination is made? Um, we haven't have any decision now. So just to be clear, the, the plan at the moment is not to go home without Yingying. We haven't decided yet. What are their emotions after this morning's news, hearing exactly what happened? I mean, how they with the defense and just in general emotions of how everything was handled? So we are really miserable, and you see my wife, she cannot control herself at the moment when, when she heard the news. Just to be clear, when, when did you all know about the, the remains and where they likely were? I know you were just saying that you had to wait a while before you could share them, but when did the family... July 25th. July 25th. Okay, thank you. Any other questions, please? So can you make the question shorter? He said that the family was fine, realized the prosecution couldn't offer this information to you. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see what his thoughts were when he learned this less than so a month like, ago. Like how he feel when prosecutor delay right. to tell them the information. Correct. 
，就是他想问家里人，呃，是心情是怎么样？觉得就是当你们知道检察官刻意的去隐瞒你们这个消息这么久，我们其实心情是非常非非常不好的。嗯，就就是 ，We don't feel good about that. In light of the news. I mean, their their only goal was to come back to China with Yingying's remains, and now this looks like it's a little dimmer.、Uh, how do they re reconcile with that? Because you guys' previous plan was to bring Yingying's body back, but now the possibility is that it's a little small to find him. So how do you balance these two things? If I may answer that question, that,、uh, um, The primary goal has always been、uh, locate Yingying and bring her home, but also、um, Mr. Zhang stated uh, that uh, we now understand、uh, that might be impossible.、Um, she, he also said if Yingying's remains are ever found, we will return here to take her home, where she belongs. Thank you. If if it's a matter of money, it's an expensive search.、Mm -hmm. Would the family like to see the a fund created or the public try to help in some way? If looking for Yingying is a matter of money, because if they can get the trash, I think I want to answer that. We've talked to them at length.、Um, it, it's you know it's、uh, it's an appeal. It's an appeal to the impossible. And the family, when we talk about this, said. How could the public obviously has sympathy for the family? How could the public sympathy and their willingness to donate best be translated into something good for Yingying? That's how the whole concept of Yingying's fund came into being. And also, I think the search is not just about the money.、Um, when we talked uh, uh, with、uh, the U.S. prosecutors on July twenty-fifth. Um, I think、uh, we have discussed uh, many uh, issues, uh, environmental issues, health issues, and、uh, the cooperation from the private uh, uh, landfill owners. I think、uh, they are on board, right? That's what right. we were told. This is a, a joint effort by the federal authority and the Illinois state. So it's going to be. I, I'm, I have to believe that、uh, there is a, a joint um, um, consideration on the、uh, feasibility of this project,、um, and I even think what we learned from that meeting was money was not the primary concern. It is just simply finding that much stuff in the landfill. Just simply finding her that probably is a bigger problem for them. That be correct. They described for us that、uh, at this stage, with decomposition and compaction, that the size of the remains could be smaller than a cell phone. That's why、um, the feasibility studies has has to be done, and、uh, um, well, we're. 
lawyers, we never say anything is totally impossible or certain. But this is a, a very difficult uh, task. But the family is not saying, please forge ahead with that, given the comparison to the cell phone? The, the family, the prosecutors indicated the strong desire of the agencies involved to go forward with the search. The family welcomed that. Uh, from a legal standpoint, uh, in a, during the trial, um, Ted Bundy was compared in terms of his way of disposing the body. It seems that the criticism used this kind of perfect strategy to scatter the victim's remains. So it, would that be government or prosecution's kind of continuing responsibility to prove or disprove whether he says the uh, truth or his uh, strategy of scatter uh, criminals, uh, the victims remain. Well, I, I'm not sure I understand the complete thing, point of your question, but I'd say this. Uh, the defendant's lawyer, lawyers did not want this information about what he did with the body put before the jury. Uh, mm -hmm. That might have been it. That may that might have actually been the tipping point. If you remember in the recording with Tara Bullis, he talked about decapitation. This is clearly dismemberment. This is not only decapitation, it's dismemberment and uh, treating this young woman uh, as if uh, she's uh, leftover vegetables and thrown out with the garbage. Uh, so I guess in the back of our mind, we assumed something like that had occurred, but remember, we had the mystery of the duffel bag, and the duffel bag was big enough to hold someone of, uh, of Ying Ying's size. So, as I said, there's a, there's a strategic position here that, that the defense took advantage of to make sure that this information was not presented at trial. But the prosecution didn't know this until the defense gave this to them, correct? That's correct. So I guess, what was the point of that ever telling the prosecutors to begin with since they didn't want to be released? The point was to try to have the prosecution agree that he had shown remorse and he was trying to help the family and we could have this negotiated death penalty proceeding where he pled guilty and got life in prison. Then there wouldn't have been a trial. Yeah. But the crucial point here is Nothing can be verified. Based on what he told the uh, prosecutors in November 2018, uh, there's no way to verify what he told the prosecutor, what he told his attorneys in turn, told the pros prosecutors could lead to the recovery of Ying Ying's remains. Uh, Dan's statement makes mention of following the Chinese custom of, of having a gravesite here. Has there been any discussion yet as to where that might be located or? So we plan to put some uh, in some uh, clothes into the garden that we built for Yin Yin. Is that here on campus? Yeah. Yes. 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 Yes
So the memorial garden will, in effect, be the grave site. We've been discussing with the university. So it's not finalized yet, and this will be this will be a private family event. This will not be a public event. Okay. Any other questions? No? Okay. Thank you all. Thank you all for coming. For all the Chinese media, if you gather somewhere outside, if you want to talk to me, um, if you have some questions. In five minutes. <laughs>